Galatians chapter 5 in your Bible. We're all going to stand if you don't mind. Uh, real quick, I know we said I didn't let you, I don't want to sit down too long. I don't want you to get comfortable. But uh, so this morning, we're going to jump around a little bit uh, in your Bible. Uh, we're going to spend a lot of time in the Gospels, uh, but we want to start here in Galatians. And so as you're still, you know, turning on your devices and, and finding that, I just want you to know this morning, all right, th th this is going to be an opportunity for you to be self-aware, okay? Now, now, here's what I know, because I have been in the boat uh, many times. Sometimes we have the, uh, when, when, when we feel like people are telling us about us, we have the tendency to kind of shut down a little bit, right? Right? Whenever, whenever somebody tells me about me, I want to just kind of, wants to rise up within me and say, you know what? Here's the deal. You don't know me. Or, you know, I'm not going to give him the satisfaction of knowing that he's right, so I'm just going to, you know, turn it off today. Or don't do that. Okay? I'm not up here trying to, but I'm not up here trying to, to tell anybody, uh, honestly, stuff that we don't already know about ourselves. But I want us this morning, um, we're, we're going to take a walk this morning, a walk that I've been on here in the past little bit, uh, a walk that, that I have had to, to really honestly, you know, fight the urge sometimes to just close the book and say, no, no, that's, that's definitely not me, even though it is really me. Um, so we're going to start in Galatians, and we're just going to kind of navigate through, uh, uh, we're going we're to take a nice brisk jog through the Gospels through Luke this morning, and, and we're going we're gonna to swing by and visit Mark a little bit. But first, we're going to read um, this letter to, to the church in Galatia. So it says, uh, chapter 5, verse 19 through 23, this is something that you guys, a lot of us, we, we all familiar, most of us are familiar with the fruits of the Spirit. But we're just going to visit that real quick. It says, when you follow the desires of your sinful nature, the results are very clear. Sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasures, idolatry, sorcery, hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambition, dissension, division, envy, darkness, wild parties, and other sins like these. Let me tell you again, as I have before, that anyone living that sort of life will not inherit the kingdom of heaven. But, and it's always great that God kind of drops those in there, right? Because we could just leave it right there, and we could all go home and, you know, feel terrible. But here's the out, here's the out right? Here, here's the, here's the, the, high, the, the high point. But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. The Holy Spirit produces love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against these things. For one more time, yeah, for one more time, let's bow and let's pray. Father, right now we ask that you move. God, right now we, we, we offer this to you. We know that you've already blessed this word. You blessed it thousands of years ago. And so we ask that you just be with us this morning. In your name, Jesus, amen. You may be seated this morning. Thank you so much. And, and so let's pick that up real again. There is no law against these things. Before we move any further, we have to understand, and I think sometimes in our society, we forget that there's really no law against doing the right thing. Uh, sometimes it's hard to do the right, or sometimes we're looked down upon for doing the right thing. But look at the law. There is no law against loving people. There's no law against joy. There's no law against peace. There's definitely a law against patience, though I feel like a lot of us think there is. Even me sometimes. So listen, I, the older I get, sometimes I find myself being a little less patient uh, in some situations. Thank you. Uh, there's no law against being kind to people. There's no law against being good. There's no law against being faithful. There's no law against being gentle. And there is absolutely, positively no law against having self-control. But sometimes I think we just forget that it's okay to do that stuff. 
right? Sometimes we forget it's okay to be patient. Sometimes we forget it's okay to just be good to people. Sometimes we forget it's okay to be happy, even in, and, and joy, you know, joy and peace and happiness, eh, you know, they're all right there, but sometimes we forget that in a terrible situation, it's okay to have a little joy. Yeah? But sometimes, and this is where we're going to kind of go today, sometimes you just, you can't have what you don't have. Right? You, you can't have peace if you, if you don't have peace. This isn't groundbreaking. You know, if, if, if you're unhappy, then you can't have joy because, well, you, you just don't have it. It's like going to the gas station and, you know, trying to buy a Gatorade with nothing. And if you ain't got the money, then you just ain't got the Gatorade. Right? See, we, it's not, we're not, I'm, if you guys know me, I'm, we're not going to overcomplicate things this morning. So here's the deal. In Luke, and we're going to spend some time in Luke, but we're going to jump to the very end of Luke 8, just, just the, the, the last half of Luke chapter 8, verse 8. It says, anyone with ears to hear should listen and understand. All right, so here's, what, here's where we're at this morning. Anyone with ears to hear should listen and understand. I'm going to ask you this morning to listen. Because Jesus walked this great walk, and, and he spoke and he said this phrase multiple times anyone with ears to hear anyone with eyes to see let them see anyone with ears to hear let them listen but how many people heard God they heard Jesus if you look at look at the cross look at the the trip uh, to the cross look at the life he lived on this earth people heard him but they didn't hear him right they listened to Jesus, but they didn't hear Jesus. Because the ears to hear that we're talking about, the eyes to see that they're talking about, that he's instructing his disciples, it's the ears of your heart. And it's the eyes of your heart. It's the ears of your spirit. I mean, you can flip through any radio station and find a good message and find a great song. Yeah. And you can hear that song that song go off, a commercial comes on, you hit the scan button, and even like a really bad song comes on, and you hang there for a second, and then all of a sudden you sing, you're singing that song. And that's what happened a lot of times with, with, with the life of Christ, right? People would hear Jesus. They would hear him with their ears. But then they would hear everything else going on around them. And they would forget. But when they hear, when the, everybody that that heard him with their heart. Everyone that, that heard him and saw him with their heart. Everyone that heard him say, I am with you always. And they heard that here. They stood in situations that would, 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 would break us. So this morning, with anyone, anyone with ears to hear, and you want to hear this again, should listen and understand. I'm going to ask you this morning, could you hear me with your heart? Because I ain't going to lie. There's some stuff I say just because I'm a little out there. May, uh, you, know, you may not be necessarily understandable with, with, with this. So don't think this morning. Just listen. Okay? Don't think. Just, just hear me. Just listen. So with ears to hear. Hear with your heart. See with your heart this morning. Because sometimes what we say isn't received well with other people's ears. For example... Now, as you guys know, if you don't know, I'm very blessed uh, to get to, to coach at the middle school this year, uh, baseball. It's, it's awesome. I love baseball. I love coaching. love being around these young men. And when we did softball, these young women, uh, pouring into them and teaching them, you know, bat and ball sports. Uh, and, and I've had a lot of people because I, mean, I, know, I know Pastor Tony has spent a ton of time coaching football in this county, uh, in this community. Anybody else in here coach? Any other coaches? Just raise your hand, coaches. That's right. So as a coach, you know people can be mean, right? Right. Just like, just like, and so I, you know, I did. I told the the eighty there at the middle school. Um, I told some some of the guys, cause like, man, you know, you're gonna do this, and the parents are gonna be really mad. And I say, listen, two things. First of all, I work in a church. Okay, there ain't nobody can say nothing to me. That probably already been said to me in church work, uh, because listen, I love you guys, 
But let's just be honest. You guys can be mean sometimes, right? You guys at home can be mean sometimes. It's one of those moments where, where you know, I'm telling you about you. Uh, thank you for But it's true. We can be mean. But above that, you know what? And it, it, it's so true. My, my dad used to drive me home, like, in high school and in elementary school and in middle school after my ball games. So there ain't nothing anybody can say to me to hurt my feelings because that guy was hard on me. But there's times that I would say stuff to him, and he just wouldn't get it. He wouldn't understand. For example, and this is where we're going to spend a lot, a lot of our time today. Have you ever, you guys, you've ever attempted, like, help your dad at work? Whenever I was growing up, my dad was great at carpentry. We built houses. He fixed houses for people. He was an electrician. You know, he did plumbing. He, he, he did everything. And he was my hero, and I wanted to be like him, and I wanted to help him, and I wanted to learn everything he wanted to teach me. Much like everybody else in here. So with us, or with me anyway, there was always one thing that I said that was, it just, it, it, it created such chaos and havoc in the project. Because dad would send me, we would be building, we would be working, we would be repairing something, and my father would send me with a tape measure to measure something or to cut something. Most of the time it was a measurement. He would say, go measure that. And I would come back and I would measure it and I would read him the measurement. And so here's what I learned at a very young age, you know, 12, 13. My father did not recognize one slash four as one fourth. Okay, seriously, to, to, to the point where he would ignore me if I was to come back and say, hey, it's two and, you know, it, it, it's two and a fourth. He would just, like he didn't hear me. And i say, it's two and a fourth. And he would say, no, it's two and a quarter. Yeah, see, some of you guys, you know what I'm talking about, right? Uh, so, so, listen, my father would not accept anything that was one slash four. It had to be a quarter. It was not a fourth. Now, you know, we could say one-eighth. We could say seven-eighths, right? But it was three-quarters. It was one-quarter. Generally, what happened is, is, you know, he would get mad and he would fuss at me, just like whenever... I'm holding the light for him while he's a plumber, right? And I'm trying to watch, and the light kind of drifts just a little bit. I mean, come on. You, you know what you're doing. You don't have to see it. But, you know, he'll, he'll, he'll yell at me, fix the light, right? <laughs> come on, guys. Dads. Dads. And then what would happen is, right, dad would fuss at me. I would say a fourth. He would not listen. I would say it again. He would not listen. He would finally tell me what to say. I would say it. He would get mad. I would cry. Everything was all to pieces. You know, we'd have to take a break for a little bit. Then we're behind on time. Get back in. And, and eventually I learned that one-fourth is a quarter, no matter where you're at. Uh, I'm, like, almost scared to, to, to not say quarter. So now when somebody says, no, it's a fourth, I say, oh, no, it's not. Oh, no. So this morning, let's talk about the quarter a little bit. Let's talk about the fourth. So, and, and this works out really good because I'm a numbers guy, I like numbers, but we got four sections. So, uh, in case you don't know, four quarters make a dollar or, or a whole. You're right. So, let's talk about the quarters. Let, let, let's talk about the fourths this morning. Luke chapter 8, verses 4 through 8. This is what the Bible says. The Bible says, one day, Jesus told a story in the form of a parable to a large crowd that had gathered for many from many towns to hear him. Uh, just pause real quick. Just a little fun fact. This is actually the first parable that Jesus used. And, you know, we don't get into to why that was. Uh, maybe another time. One day Jesus told a story in the form of a parable to a large crowd that had gathered from many towns to hear him. A farmer went out to plant his seed. As he scattered it across his field, some seed fell on a footpath where, they, where it was stepped on, and the birds ate it. Other seed fell among rocks. It began to grow, but the plant soon wilted and died for lack of moisture. Other seed fell among the thorns that grew up with it and choked out the tender plants. So other seeds fell on fertile, so, fertile soil. This seed grew and produced a, a crop that was a hundred times as much as had been planted. When he had said this, he called out, and then here's our, anyone with ears to hear should listen and understand. 
So this morning, if you would permit me just a few moments, let's talk about the quarters. All right, because in our parable, and we're going to break this down, we're going to bust this down, we're going to talk about the four quarters of this parable. The four sections, the four types of people, because I have came to understand, especially in what I have walked through, I, 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 would, I would be willing to put money on the fact that there is everybody in this room is going to fit one of the quarters this morning. Everybody in this room is a member of one of the quarters. So let me first say the seed. Because when we talk about the fruits of the Spirit, when we talk about joy, when we talk about love, when we talk about self-control and goodness and kindness, here's, here's the reality. Those are things that the Holy Spirit of God produces in your life. Those are things that have to grow in your life. Listen, I had to learn patience. I had to learn self-control. There's some, there some of those things that come really natural to you. But there's some stuff you have to grow, and you have to learn, and you have to develop. Yeah? It was like that with me. And that starts with the seed. And that's where we're at with, the par with this parable. That starts with the seed. The seed is the Word of God. That starts with the Word of God. Let me just go ahead and break some, some, some misconceptions about the Word of God. Surely not in this house, but maybe somebody walking, watching at home or, or watching the rewind later on. This Word of God, this seed that we talk about, in Mark 4, verse 14, you can, can mark it, flip it, write it down, note it, whatever you want to do. We're not going to read it necessarily. But the seed, this Word of God, is for everyone. And that's a great time for everybody to say amen. This seed is for everyone. The seed that we plant, that, that, that the Spirit grows and, and produces the, the, these great and these wonderful fruits is for everyone. And when I say everyone, I kind of mean everyone. I mean the bad people, right? I mean, it's even for the ugly people. I mean the ugly people. I mean the hurting people and the evil people. You know, th this seed, it, it's, it's, for, it's for the kind people, right? It's for the straight people. It's for the gay people. It's for the white people. It's for the black people. And if there's any purple people watching at home right here, it's for you too. It is for everyone. There is, there's no specific, well, this is only for, no. That's why the farmer scatters the seed. That's why he doesn't just, just, just pick. If you, you read, you know, he doesn't just say, okay, well, this is exactly where it needs to go. Let's just put it into this people group. It's not what the farmer does. That's not what God does. God has this big, huge universal love. And this big, huge, universal word that he wants to put into the lives of people so that it may grow and produce great fruit. And that seed, that word is open and available to anyone and everyone. And we need to understand that first and foremost. Because unfortunately, we, we, we kind of get the idea sometimes that this seed is just for us. We, 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 we kind of fall into that trap. As children of God. You know, sometimes, listen, we're, sometimes we're spoiled brats. We're used to God giving us everything. We're used to God answering prayers. There's nothing wrong with God answering prayers. But then we become a spoiled little brat whenever, you know, something doesn't go the way that we want it to go. Right? We throw our hands up and we walk away and we curse God. And it's all His fault. That seed's for you this morning. If that's you and you're here, and you said, you know what, God just did not hear me, and he let it all fall apart, and it's all his fault, it's all his fault, guess what? It's words for you this morning. That seed's for you this morning. If you're here and you're hiding stuff and you're living a life you're not supposed to live, guess what? The seed's for you this morning. It's for you. So let's, take, let, let, let's just take the trip here down this path. First of all, let's talk about the footpath. In Mark 4... 15, 
Uh, it's it's going to break it out a little bit more. But here's what we understand about the footpath. When this farmer, when God sows this seed of his word, the Bible tells us some of it fell up on the footpath. If you're reading the King James Version, or depending on what version you're reading, it says on the wayside. So when you look at a garden, and I've never had a garden per se, like at my house. Now, I grew up, my, my grandparents farmed tobacco, so I have spent many, many hours uh, and many, many days riding on the back of a tractor, you know, inhaling diesel and, and all that smoke. That's probably what's wrong with me a little bit, maybe. Um, but riding, riding that, that, that tobacco planter, you know, a seat here, a seat here, a conveyor belt in the middle if you've never farmed tobacco or planted. It's really fun. I mean, it's kind of cool. So you have like the, you have your, your tobacco plants and you just put them in the thing and it turns and buries them for you. Then you got a guy walking behind you that's kind of making sure you're not doing dumb stuff. And we used to do dumb stuff and like put them in upside down. So the roots are sticking. Let's see if they would catch it. Um, you know, then we get fussed at again. So it's, you know, the revolving circle we're getting fussed at. It's kind of my childhood. But here's the deal. During the planting process, you know, there has to be places for people to walk, right? You have to have somewhere for the tractor to drive. You have paths around the garden, around the farm, and, and through the crops. And when we talk about the footpath, I want you to understand, that's what the Bible is talking about. By the wayside, by the footpath. It's painting this grand picture of this garden of the universe. All right? And there has to be somewhere for the tractor tires to roll. There has to be somewhere for, for, for people to walk in between the crops. And what it's telling us is some of this seed fell on the footpath. And two things happened to it. It was A, trampled, and B, it was carried away by the birds. All right? So let's talk about it being trampled real quick because we're not going to spend a lot of time on these. But I have lived a life, not recently, especially as a young Christian, where I thought I had to be a footpath. And there may be people in here right now, you feel walked all over. You feel pressed and you feel compressed, you feel walked on, you feel trampled on, and I want you to hear me real quick. See, the seed is for you. It's, it's been scattered. It's right there. And unfortunately, we're going to miss it, and you're going to miss it because you feel like you've just been trampled all over. Yeah? And the next is the birds. See, what happens is, is, is because you feel trampled on and you feel ran over that you, you, you don't allow the seed to, to get into the ground. And then what happens is the seed is just sitting there. The love of God is just sitting there. The, the salvation of God is just sitting there waiting. And then you have the enemy. I ain't gonna, you know, the devil, the enemy, or, you know, some of your friends who necessarily, you know, don't believe what you want to believe and don't want to see you believe what you want to believe, kind of step in and say, you know what, that's not really, you know, that, that, hey, listen, Come on, another drink is what you need. Yeah. You know, if you, if you would just, just come out tonight. Let's go out. Let, 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 let's go do something. And what that is, is that's the enemy swinging down. You, you, the seed is there. It's right there. It's in your grasp. It, 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 all you have to do is really just see it. But the birds sweep down and take it, right? Because we're so ran down and we're so beat up. We let the enemy swoop in and take that from us. And we miss it. Listen, I've missed it. I ain't going to lie to you. In the past couple years, I've missed it. Because I've been so angry and so bitter sometimes. That, that, that I know it's there. Listen, man, well, you know it's there. I know it. I knew it was there. But I missed it. Number two. Let's talk about the rocks and the shallow ground. So in Mark, if you, if you, and then we're just going to, if you jump over Mark 14, even through 16 and 17, it gives you a little explanation of this. And, and let me break it down real fast. Is when we talk about the, the rocks and the shallow ground, here's what happens. You hear the word. You hear the seed. You go to the conference. You go to youth camp. You have an amazing Easter service. And you feel the altar. And you feel God do something, right? You receive it. You hear the message. You receive the message with joy. And as soon as you have problems, right? As soon as your kid pukes all over the back seat on the way home, you lose it. You forget about it. 
right? As soon as you, soon, soon as you got a couple kids, listen, I've got two, I've got three, and my two oldest act like like my two youngest sometimes. But you have you have a great service, right? And you get home and, and you're reflecting and everything is going so great and you're so happy. And then something happens and your kids do something crazy and you forget about it. And you never go back to it. And it's not just your listen, it's not just your kids. You have you have problems, right? You 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 get a you get a letter in the mail and you open that letter up. If you're like us, we check our mail like, you know, once a week. So We'll, like, have a big bundle of stuff that we go through and then find out, you know, bad news came Monday and now it is Thursday and, and it makes it even worse. But that's what happens. Or you have a great service and you accept the seed and, and, and God starts to produce something and then you, you, you feel like you get a little persecuted. Right? You feel like, and let me just say this for a second. Just because people are questioning you about your faith doesn't mean they're persecuting you for your faith. Yeah? Yeah, no, it's easy for us to say that. Well, no, they're not. But just so you question a little bit. Listen, you used to be a devil. Now you're not. God has changed something great in you. Well, guess what? People are still going to ask you about being a devil. I, to this day, I go back home. We had a great thing. Uh, they did a great thing in Little League for my, for my dad uh, Friday night. We went down there. And there's still people back in Lee County. I've been doing youth ministry since 2002. There are still people in Lee County that's like, man, you a preacher? I was like, yeah, well, you know, it depends on who you ask, but yeah. Oh, I remember whenever you, well, you know, then I had Logan and Matthew with me. I was like, you know. Yeah, well, that was a long time ago. Yeah. So that's not, that's not persecuting me. Yeah, they're, they're asking me questions. They're questioning me. Some people question you to be jerks about it. Yeah, they do that. And you know what that is? You're in the second quarter. That, that's section, I don't want to assign a section of these things because it's bad. So I'm just going to say, that's section number two. When you allow people to, 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 cho- or to, to take away. And here's what happens. And, and you know, this is going to be an agree to disagree thing, but it'll be okay. In Luke chapter 8, verse 6, here's the deal. The last three words. The last three words. Now, this is the New Living Translation that we're out of here and um, that I'm reading out of. But in Luke 8, verse 6, the last three words, I believe this is what God spoke to me, and this may be me in my life. All right? Lack of moisture. So let me hit this real quick. A lack of moisture. The seed falls on rocky ground, right, on shallow ground. Now, the Bible says that, you know, it, it tries to take root, and it doesn't have a chance to root, so it, it starts to grow quickly, but because of lack of root, trouble, uh, issues, trouble, worry comes in, and it kind of chokes that out, okay? It, it kind of dies. It can't sustain. But I really love, because in, in, in Luke, it says lack of moisture, and to me, that speaks more than anything. A lack of of moisture. You may want to tell me real quick. Don't answer out loud. I'm just, I, let me just say this. I'm going to answer for you because I don't want a bunch of people to say rain like, you know, all over the place. Rain, right? Rain. Rain waters plants. If you think about your garden at home, rain waters it. Yeah? Or the lack thereof. So lack of moisture. I, I read one time, I, I read once that us as Christians, we spend too much time praying that God keeps us out of the storm and not enough time realizing God is with us in the storm. Yeah? So let me tell you about your lack of moisture. And this is a hard, this is a hard, a hard reality that I had to come to, right? First of all, God, the promise of God, the promise of Jesus is not that you will not go through a storm. It is not. He does. N- uh, there's nowhere in the Word that I can find. It. He will say, "You will not go through a storm," but He does promise us He will never leave us in that storm. Right? That we won't go through that storm alone. So here's here's what I want us to understand. Most of the time, when we have rain, and we need rain to take up great roots, right? You can't have rain without a storm. It can't happen. Most of the time, 90% of the time, now I'm not, you know, all geographical or anything or, or, or you know, meteorologist to go, 
but storms bring rain. And water is needed for the seed to grow. So listen to me. It's a hard pill to swallow. Sometimes you've got to have a storm. Because sometimes it's the only way you're going to get rain is when the storm comes. And that may be a small storm, maybe a big storm. But this seed is choked out because of lack of moisture for its roots. Because it hasn't rained in a while. Because it hasn't gone through a storm in a while. And I'm, I'm going to tell you to go out and look for trouble. I'm not going to tell you to go out and look for storms. Okay? Don't be going in. Oh, God, please. That's not what I'm telling you. But I'm telling you not to run from them. I'm telling you not to say, you know, God, please don't. Or how about God, please just be with me. Now let's keep going. Let's talk about the thorns. Mark 4, verse 18 and 19. When we read the thorns, when, when, when the seed is, is sown and, and tossed amongst the thorns, you receive the word. You receive the word of God. You receive the seed. The seed starts to grow, right? It, it starts to, to, to produce those, those, those gifts of the Spirit, those fruits of the Spirit starts to, to produce in your life. And, and you start to, to really tell a difference. You, you start to look at bad situations a little different. You start to believe a little bit more that, you know, God is, is truly by my side. You, you, you start to, to have a little self-control where when your mind used to, to really start to go into panic mode because something's not going right, you're starting to feel yourself calm a little bit, right? But because these seeds are planted amongst the thorns, amongst the worries of life, yeah, I can't tell you, I cannot tell you how many times in the past two years that I have felt like God is, man, I'm finally getting through this thing, right? And then a phone call will come. Or a letter to the estate of Tipton Fleener Jr. will show up at my house. And it took me a while to understand, you know what that is? That is this seed, right? That word of God being planted into just the normal, regular world. Because that's what you, listen, guys, we're living, we're living amongst the thorns right now. Yeah? You're living amongst the thorns. Your situation may not be perfect. Your situation may not be grand. You're living amongst the thorns. And whenever God starts to, 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 to raise this fruit up within you, be careful. Be careful. Be careful not to let something convince you. Let a worry convince you and choke that out because it's going to try to do it. Yeah? Be careful not to let the worry, and I just put these two down, but the, 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 the lure of wealth. That's what if you will read Mark 14, 18, and 19, it kind of used some of this wording. The, the lure of wealth or the, the worry of money or the, the, the lack of funds, right? To, to, to choke out this belief that God really has you and God really loves you and God really has a plan for you. And the thorns, and here's the thorns that, that we, we, we can't escape, right? Is the desires of our life. In Galatians 5, it's the that, desires of that sinful, na that, that, that sinful nature. So as God, as the Word of God who is, that is for everybody is implanted within you and it starts to take root and it starts to grow and it starts to get strong and then the thorns of this life start to move in to choke it out. Be careful. Be careful what desires of your life you allow to grow near the seed that God has planted in your life. Because I'm telling you, there's going to come a point where one of those seeds are going to win. You may be here right now, and I said this is for every. You may be here right now, and you've got two. You've got two plants growing within you. Right? You've got two. You've got two things growing. You've got this promise and this belief and this great seed of God and this great vine of the of the Spirit of God that is producing great fruit. But I'm telling you right now, because it's in every man, 
because all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. There's this little, there's this little bitty thorn. There's this little bitty plant that's growing within you. Now, hang on, I'll be honest with you. I've got a few more than just one. You know, I've, I've walked away from some stuff in my life because I don't like the person I become whenever I'm doing it. Because that part starts to choke out this part. You hear me? Then our last one is our fertile soil. Mark 4.20 says this. And the seed that fell on good soil represents those who hear and accepts, hear and accepts God's word. And produce a harvest of 30, 60, and, or even a hundred times as much as has been planted. All right? I want you guys to catch me. Because the people, the, these seeds, the, the, the fertile soil in the room right here. See, I've always been told if I have to tell you I'm in charge, then I'm not really in charge. Right? Yeah, if I got to tell you I'm the boss, then oh, I'm probably not the boss. If you have to tell me you're fertile soil, chances are you're probably not fertile soil. Because fertile soil produces fruit. Fertile soil takes a very small word of God that's been implanted in them. And listen, it can be just one word. And then they produce right and you can sit back and you can look and say man that that that's that's fertile man that's the that's the life i want that, that they're producing the fruit of god there's no doubt when you're fertile soil and so here's what i here's here's what i know and and you know we're we're bringing this thing we're bringing this thing in if you are fertile soil you produce not just a little but you produce more than what has been planted into you. See, you take a little, God gives you a little bit of love, and because you're fertile, that turns into a whole lot of power. Right? God gives you a little bit of freedom, plants just a little bit. He, he delivers you from that, that one little thing that you always struggle with. He gives you a little bit of freedom, and because you're fertile, because you got fertile soil, because you're ready to grow things, that turns into a whole lot of love and a whole lot of freedom and a whole lot of peace and a whole lot of joy. Right? You find a little joy in a terrible situation, God plants that within you. And because you're fertile soil, because the things of God can grow in your life, you produce a whole lot of peace and even more joy and even more power. So I want you to hear me. I believe if we, if we divide it up one quarter, two quarter, three quarters, a whole. I ain't going to say four fourths or four quarters because that will get you in trouble too. He's like, it's one. Right? They're going to say, you know, because on a tape measure, like you pull the tape measure and it's got the lines. And how I learned is you should count the lines. Right? Every tape measure has four quarter lines on it and so sometimes you would hit in that weird spot where it would be like four eighths and you'd mess up and be like dad it's four eighths he said you mean a half I said yes a half that's what I said but here's the deal if you don't mind Pastor Tony in all reality fertile ground the fertile spirit the, the, the fertile soul takes one little seed and produces ten times more than what's been put into it. And I'm telling you right now, if we would get there, this world, Virginia, Pulaski County, would look a whole lot different. Yeah. See, that's, that's why this seed is for everybody. Because God, listen, I have no doubt. God can plant the seed of truth, the seed of love, into somebody that we hate. And they turn into a force that we wish we could be in the kingdom of God. Yeah, I've seen it happen. I have an uncle who's a professional fisherman. 
He was sponsored by Crown Royal, and I'm going to tell you right now, he was true to his sponsor. He, listen, he had a beautiful boat, you know, paint job-wise, but he got all the alcohol he could drink with that sponsorship. And he took them up on it. Then I get a phone call that he's been saved, and I'm going to tell you right now, when we walk through what I walked through with my dad, he was my father's brother. He was in a hospital room with us. And up until the point that the very last beep went across, and I, was, I ain't going to lie to you, I'll stand up here right now, take a pause break here and tell you that, you know what, I, I may have, I, my faith may have been weak in that moment. Because we agreed to go ahead and move forward, and we were ready for what was going to happen. But I'm going to tell you right now, that old alcoholic, that God put a little bit of something in to the very last moment. He had no doubt, zero doubt, that my father's going to get up from that bed and walk out of that hospital room. So tell me a little bit of something in somebody that we feel like it's not made for can't go a long ways. Amen? So I want you guys to hear this, hear this this morning, and, I, and it's time for you to be a little self-aware. Ain't nobody going to judge you here. Because this word is for you. Fertile soil, the seed that God has planted, represents those who hear and accept the word of God. And those people who hear and accept produce a harvest in their life that is 30, 40, 50, a thousand times more than what has been planted. Now here's what I'm going to submit to you real quick. You wouldn't born fertile soil. You don't, you don't come into this thing, fertile soil. You don't do it. Here's what I believe. Three things that turn you into fertile soil. And if you're here this morning and you hit any one of the quarters, I'm going to ask you to come and pray just in a moment. If you're here this morning and you say, you know what, and I want to be fertile soil, I'm going to ask you to pray just in a moment. Three things that I believe, this is how you become fertile soil. First of all, to become fertile soil, you've got to be the footpath. I believe being the footpath turns you into fertile soil. Because you know what happens? Yeah, life's hard. Yeah, you get walked on. Yeah, you get stepped on. Yeah, you get trampled on. And that compresses, and that compacts, and that smashes down. But this is also what I know, because if you know anything about fossils, you ever found a fossil, ultimately... The more you compress and it's smashed and it holds in that moisture. So you're the footpath this morning. You feel like the wayside. You feel ran over and walked down. Let me tell you right now, the moisture that you need is right there. Just got to turn it up a little bit, right? You got you to you agitate the soil. You got to move the soil a little bit. Fertile soil, you look at anybody in this room, and I can point some out. I'm not going to, but you look at the people that you say is fertile soil. There are people that are producing. I can name multiple ministers. I'll tell you right now. I, I'll name one, Pastor Weaver. Pastor Weaver was a man of fertile soil. And hearing him talk, he's a man that's been stepped on many times. Yeah? He was a footpath. You want to be fertile soil, you got to be a footpath. you got to go through that, and you're there right now, so that's great news. Fertile soil grew among the thorns and survived it. You want to be fertile soil? Grow among the thorns. You're in the thorns. It's part of your life. Grow, push, make it. They fought through the worries of life. You look at people that are fertile soil, that are really producing. They fought through the worries of life. When the bill came, they said, you know what? I don't know how it's going to happen. They said, you know what's going to happen? They refused to let the thorns choke them out. You want to be fertile soil? You got to be a footpath. I believe you, you got to have thorns. Those with fertile soil, there's thorns. And they live in the thorns. And they're right there with the thorns. Fertile soil won the fight over sin. Now listen, I'm going to tell you right now. You got to figure out a way to win. You got to win it. You got to overcome it. With the help of God, you can. 
You got to figure out a way to trust God and say, you know what, I really want to, but God, I'm going to trust you and I'm not going to. I don't really want to walk away from them, but God, I trust you and I'm going to. People that are fertile soil develop strong roots. You want to be fertile soil? You're going to have to spend a little time in the rocky place. You're going to have to spend a little time in the stony place. And we said in the very beginning of this thing, we don't hear with our ears, right? We hear with our heart. Now the roots that we're talking about, it's roots in your heart. Look at the disciples. Man, they did it. Tell me they want people that was cold and callous sometimes. They've seen the worst in people. There was a time that they even asked Jesus, Jesus, if you would give us the power, we will strike them by lightning for you. That way you ain't got to say you did it. Your hands are clean. Let us do it for you. Tell me they wasn't messed up. Tell me that they, that, that wasn't there. They had to go through the rocky place, right? They had to develop strong roots. I'm going to tell you guys right now, you want to be fertile soil. Got to be willing to go through storms. Because storms, you take everything else off the list. Storms make you fertile soil. Storms teals up your heart so that the Spirit of God can produce fruit in it. Storms do that. You know what storms do? Sometimes storms rain so much that they wash away better. They, they can even move rock. Look at, the, look, at the, look at the Grand Canyon. Tell me water can't move rock and carve out huge crevices in, 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 in solid stone. You've got to have a storm. You can't be afraid of it. you got to trust God's in it with you. So we're going to ask you to do, if we all will, let's all stand. And first and foremost, let me tell you this. If you're here and you are not a child of God, if you are watching at home and you have not given your heart to Christ, it's as simple as just, when we all pray, it's as simple as you just praying, God, I trust you. Jesus, I believe. Save me. It's that simple. So you're here this morning, and I, again, it's, it's time for us to be honest. You're here this morning, you say, Pastor Jeremy, kind of feeling like the footpath right now. Right now, I'm, 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 the, I'm the guy that, that I'm the girl that, that everybody's just walking all over. I've been walked on for so long, and I don't even know, I don't even know if, if I can produce anything at this point. I've been pressed down for so long, I don't even know if I can grow anything. If that's you, I'm going to ask you to leave your seat come to this altar. Right now, away from music, if that's you, I'm going to ask you to move. If you're here and you say, you know what, Pastor Jeremy? I'm afraid of the storms. If you're here and you've been dodging storms, maybe you're here and you're in a storm right now. I'm going to ask you to come. And we're just going to pray. We're going to pray for you, and we're going to pray with you. Then lastly, if you're here, and you're amongst the thorns, there, there, there's thorns all around you, okay? And I want you to hear me. And you can start to feel them affect the good that God is growing inside of you. Let me tell you how that, let just give you an example here real quick. Maybe you find yourself saying, saying phrases like, well, I don't think they, or, well, how dare they say. There's a little thorn in there. There's a little thorn bush. If you feel that fight, you feel that, we're going to ask you to come, and we're going to ask you to pray just in a moment.
And if you're here and you say, you know what, I'm ready to be fertile soil. I'm ready. And, you know, yeah, right now I, I'm pressed down when you're on your way. You're in a storm, guess what? You're on your way. You're fighting and you're overcoming the thorns, guess what? You're on your way. If you're here and you're ready, you know what? I'm ready to be for, I'm ready for something to grow in me ten times more than what's been put in. I'm going to ask you as soon as Pastor Tony starts to sing to just leave your seat, come down to this altar. and you know beyond a shadow of a doubt that God has put something in you and that has grown into something great. Let me tell you what, what is needed right now? There's a bunch of people in this altar Amen. that have found themselves in a situation that they need somebody that's been there before to come in behind them and just pray for them. So I'm going to ask you, yes. if you're here Amen. and you know what, you've been through it, you've walked through it, come and just, just Make a line behind every one of these guys. Be there with them. Because I'm going to tell you right now, you ain't doing it alone. I ain't never done anything alone. 